Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Rifleman Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen. The Rifleman Radio Show is sponsored by the Appleseed Project, the project which uh, teaches rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, and American heritage and history. It is in turn sponsored by the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. <clears throat> and why a Revolutionary War Veterans Association, you ask? Are there Revolutionary War veterans uh, currently waiting or looking for things to do? No, but there's a whole nation that owes a debt to the Revolutionary War Veterans Association and to the Revolutionary War Veterans, and the Revolutionary War Veterans Association is here to honor those men and women who stood together uh, April 19, 1775, and eight long bloody years afterward through all the hardships they endured in order to form an independent nation the nation that we uh, occupy today. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. And we'll get started right off the bat with upcoming events. We have the uh, Botno, North Dakota, August 22nd and 23rd. Clewiston, Florida, August 22nd and 23rd. 
Fenton, 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 Michigan, August 22nd and 23rd. I'm going to get my glasses. <clears throat> Gibsonburg, Ohio, August 22nd and 23rd. Jaffrey, New Hampshire, that's a Live Free or Die rally. It's a mini that's being held if you need some information for that. <clears throat> Go to appleseedinfo.org. Appleseedinfo, one word, dot org. That's our homepage. Once you get to the homepage, go up to the upper left corner and you will see Appleseed. Click on Appleseed. That will bring a drop-down menu down. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. That will give you a schedule of all the upcoming events uh, being held. Now, we ask that if you uh, are thinking about coming to an Appleseed event, that you go to appleseedinfo.org, go to the upper left-hand corner, click on Appleseed, get the drop-down menu, go to Schedule, click on Schedule, and then look at the upcoming events that we have. Select a location and a date. Then to the right of that uh, date and location you selected, you'll find two hot links. One says Information. That link will let you know about any special information there is at uh, for the event. Uh, location, contact information, etc. The next one says register. You want to make sure that you have a place on the line for the event. Please pre-register because that also allows us to make sure that we have enough instructors, that we have a good instructor to student ratio, and that we have enough supplies that uh, are sent because uh, we have a lot of events going on. A lot of events and we have to make sure that that we know as as uh, as well as possible ahead of time how many people are going where so that we can schedule instructors to be there and that we can uh, ship the equipment supplies that are needed. It all takes a lot of time. Uh, I believe uh, last time uh, Fred put the information out. I believe that we were sending out over uh, 900 T-shirts a month. Uh, I don't know how many, how that breaks down into uh, into shoot boxes, but we have to send out huge 80-pound uh, shoot boxes to each event. We have to uh, get instructors scheduled for the events. We have to have shoot bosses for the events. We have to have porta cans and uh, any food that's laid on. Uh, we have to make sure that we have all the uh, target backers, uh, everything else you can imagine, so that uh, when you get there, the event will run as smoothly as possible. And listen, we have a great record of smooth-running events. Uh, even when you throw a 50-car pileup at us, we usually have it sorted out and uh, back on the highway running at full speed by uh, 8.30 to 9 o'clock, and the show is on the road. We have a great record for this. And you can help us, of course, by going to AppleseedInfo.org, clicking on uh, the upper left-hand corner tab that says Appleseed, drop-down menu. On that drop-down menu, go to Schedule. On the schedule, select the, uh, the date and the location you want to go to, then click on Register and Pre-Register. That will take you to our third-party software that handles event registration. It's uh, Eventbrite. And uh, you can register, pre-register there. Uh, you'll get a uh, uh, info packet shot back to you, uh, an email confirmation sent back to you, 
and you'll have guaranteed your place on the line and allowed us to make sure that we have enough supplies and instructors here to uh, take care of you. <clears throat> Van Etten, New York, August 22nd, 23rd. Osage Beach, uh, Missouri, August 22nd and 23rd. Peru, California, August 22nd and 23rd. Sherburn, Louisiana, August 22nd and 23rd. Sherburn, Louisiana. This is the uh, second event we're having in Louisiana. And uh, Louisiana is helping us continue to tie the uh, the states, the southern states together from coast to coast. Uh, once we have uh, the Louisiana folks uh, up and running, then we can make sorties into Mississippi uh, to connect with Georgia, and that will pretty much take us from coast to coast. If you're in Louisiana, make sure August 22nd, 23rd, you have the pencil down for Sherburn for the Appleseed event there. <clears throat> Yanceyville, North Carolina, August 22nd and 23rd. Alamogordo, New Mexico, August 29th and 30th. Columbiana, Alabama, August 29th and 30th. Fresno, California, August 29th and 30th. Gardnerville, Nevada, August 29th and 30th. Graham, Florida, August 29th and 30th. Gunnison, Colorado, August 29th and 30th. Harvard, Massachusetts, August 29th and 30th. Miamisburg, Ohio, August 29th and 30th. Racine, Wisconsin, August 29th and 30th. Ramah, Colorado, August 29th and 30th. Vail, Oregon, August 29th and 30th. Boulder, Montana, September 5th and 6th. Yeah, here we are, all the way into September. All the way into September, and I'm looking at September, and let me tell you, it is, it is filled up. I, I wish I would have uh, counted up all the individual apple seeds for September, but it is a lot, and that's partly because the weather is finally starting to uh, get cool again uh, in a lot of the states. Right now in Texas, we still are running at uh, oh about 103, 104, 105, and uh, it's like that. I'm sure much, through much of the South, but. It's the end of the summer. It's starting to cool off. Uh, people are uh, finishing up with their busy summers. They're getting back into schedule. Folks are locking things back down. And September looks like a really uh, special month for us. Uh, I would hazard to say that this is probably one of the uh, – a month that, that probably is breaking a record again as far as the most apple seeds in a month. <coughs> I'll have to check on that, but it, it certainly looks like it's certainly the most apple seeds we've ever had in a September. Castle Rock, Washington, September 5th and 6th. Castro Valley, California, September 5th and 6th. Chillicothe, Illinois, September 5th through the 7th. This is a special three-day event. If you have a chance to come to a three-day event, please take that opportunity because it's much easier to slice up the information that we're giving you, which is uh, seven days' worth of information usually, into three days, and it is to uh, two days. For a two-day event, we're cramming everything down your throat uh, and packing it in with a ramrod. We're giving you another day to help you digest this on some of these special three-day events. That will be in Chillicothe, Illinois, September 5th through the 7th. Douglas, Wyoming, September 5th and 6th. Grand Island, Nebraska, September 5th and 6th, Manchester, Tennessee, 
September 5th and 6th. <clears throat> Ottawa, Illinois, September 5th to the 7th, which is another three-day event. Pelham, New Hampshire, September 5th and 6th. Per year, Tennessee, September 5th through the 7th, another three-day event. Ramsar, North Carolina, September 5th through the 7th, another three-day event. Ramsar, North Carolina is our home range, and uh, everyone should take a uh, should, should take a turn on spinning through there and, and looking at the range. It's absolutely beautiful. The range is uh, built on the side of a hill facing into a valley and uh, has a great covered uh, line uh, on the 25-meter and then has a uh, an excellent actual distance range. And there are pop-ups available usually there. If it's a three-day event, I imagine that somebody at some point there is going to break out the pop-ups and put them up there. Uh, so that's a special treat for Ramser. Uh Ramser is also one of the, uh, I consider one of the, one of the birthplaces of the of the revolution, or, or actually of the uh, the shooting part of the revolution in uh, 1771. The first actual large battle uh, was fought there between regulators and the British. That was in 1771. It didn't turn out great. Uh, the uh, the 1,000 British troops managed to. Uh, route and send the uh, 2,000 uh, militia back home, but it set an example that uh, a few years later was going to be repeated with different results. Red Bluff, California, September 5th and 6th. Winona, Minnesota, September 5th and 6th. Athens, Ohio, September 12th and 13th. Broken Arrow, Nevada, September 12th and 13th. Uh, Broken Arrow, Nebraska. Buckingham County, Virginia, September 12th and 13th. <clears throat> Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, September 12th and 13th. Davila, Texas, September 12th and 13th. And, folks, uh, I'm not going to try and lie to you and tell you that uh, it will be nice and cool here by then, because it may not. Uh, we've had 100 degrees on Christmas Day here. Uh, so, uh, but don't let that stop you from coming out. Uh, we always have a good breeze. Uh, it was uh, in the hundreds this last weekend here, and uh, I talked to some of the folks Saturday night late and asked them if the feet heat had been a factor, and they said no, it had not, since it had seemed very cool to them. Now, I knew that the temperature was hot, but because of the, the dryness and the breeze, uh, it, the actual heat, the temperature was not apparent to them. So September 12th and 13th were developed. El Paso Community College, El Paso, Texas. Now, if you just want to make absolutely sure that you're not going to get fried and baked and broiled in West Texas in September, then go to the El Paso Community College because that has an indoor range, climate control, dust-free, uh, great guys there. The only problem is that there's only 20 places on the line. So, once again, if you want to ensure that you have a place on the line, go to Appleseed Info. Dot org, Appleseedinfo, one word, dot org, O-R-G. That's the homepage. On the left upper-hand corner will be a tab that says Appleseed. Click on that. There will be a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, click on Schedule. Once that schedule is opened up, come all the way down to September 12th and 13th. It will be listed as El Paso Community College. Click on Register, and that will take you to our Eventbrite 
the third-party software that does the event uh, registration for us, and secure your location, one of the 20, uh, 20 slots that are going to be offered for September 12th and 13th. Eureka, Kansas, September 12th and 13th. Knob Creek, uh, Kentucky, September 12th and 13th. New Bremen, New York, September 12th and 13th. Newcastle, Wyoming, September 12th and 13th. Suamico, Wisconsin, September 12th and 13th. Wayland, Iowa, September 12th and 13th. Weatherby, Missouri, September 12th and 13th. Yanceyville, North Carolina, September 12th and 13th. Amarillo, Texas, September 19th and 20th. Boulder City, Nevada, September 19th and 20th. Corona, California, September 19th and 20th. Evansville, Indiana, September 19th and 20th. El Paso, Texas, September 19th and 20th. El Paso has an absolutely wonderful range there, too. Not just the indoor range. The outdoor range is a, a really beautiful range. A lot of uh, shooting line available. Uh, there's also actual distance there. So if you're out in West Texas, you're not scared of uh, some uh, wonderful September weather in uh, El Paso. We'll see you on the line there September 19th and 20th. Lobelville, Tennessee, September 19th and 20th. Mannheim, Pennsylvania, September 19th and 20th. Kaysville, Utah, September 19th and 20th. Miamisburg, Ohio, September 19th and 20th. Ottawa, Illinois again, September 19th and 20th. Oxford, Kansas, September 19th and 20th. Peru, California, September 19th and 20th. Ramsar, North Carolina, September 19th and 20th. Raton, New Mexico, that's the NRA Whittington Center. Uh, I can only imagine that September in uh, Raton, New Mexico is going to be absolutely beautiful. And the NRA Whittington Center is a great place to shoot. It's up in the mountains. Uh, I haven't been there yet uh, to this specific location. I've been to all through New Mexico, but uh, the NRA Whittington Center, the pictures that I saw uh, were just gorgeous, uh, wide open vistas. And it uh, should be an excellent shoot. Saratoga Springs, New York, September 19th and 20th. Sierra Vista, Arizona, September 19th and 20th. Stinson, West Vermont, September 19th and 20th. Three Forks, Montana, September 19th and 20th. West Lebanon, New Hampshire, September 19th and 20th. Chester, New Hampshire, September 26th and 27th. Cloverdale, Indiana, September 26th and 27th. Custer, South Dakota, September 26th and 27th. Gibsonburg, Ohio, September 26th and 27th. Harlan, Kentucky, September 26th and 27th. Hubertus, Wisconsin, September 26th and 27th. Lemoore, California, September 26th and 27th. Mansfield, Maine, September 26th and 27th. Payson, Arizona, September 26th and 27th. Reno, Nevada, September 26th and 27th. Salisaw, Oklahoma, September 26th and 27th. And Washburn, Missouri, September 26th and 27th. I should give everyone, uh, everyone who's looking for somewhere 
to go uh, from now to the end of August and then from uh, beginning of September to the end of September. That is a lot of events, a lot of locations. We're going to need a, a lot of folks' help in making this all happen, and we usually always get it. Uh, Appleseed folks are some of the absolute best people in the world. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Let's see. The first thing I want to do is uh, is apologize to everyone for last week, for the show not going up. And uh, uh, I certainly... That's just uh, it's just wrong. And uh, with it happening uh, once again almost a month ago, we're going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Uh, I was coming back from New York, and uh, my computer, I may have mentioned before, my computer, <coughs> I managed to drop it, and in, while attempting to keep it from hitting the floor with a big bang, I stuck my boot out to try and ease the fall. And when I did... I stuck my boot toe uh, into the screen and cracked the screen. And uh, uh, it kind of surprised me because the screen looked like it shattered, just like a glass screen would shatter. And uh, and that was, uh, I figured that was the end of that computer because uh, uh, they wanted almost more than what uh, we'd paid for the computer to fix the screen. However, my wife being the... Uh, Industrious and resourceful woman she is had paid for the extended uh, accidental policy in it. So it was covered. So it got sent in to have the screen fixed. Uh, when we left for New York, it was sent in to have the screen fixed. And, uh, and it came back right before we left uh, to come home. And the folks at uh, HP had done me the extra favor. They had replaced the screen. looked beautiful. But they had done me the extra favor of uh, what they call re-imaging the computer. Uh, and that basically is uh, stripping it completely, uh, wiping it. There wasn't a thing on the computer. Uh, none of the uh, 10,000 emails that I had stored. None of the phone numbers, or the list of riflemen, uh, nothing. And, uh, of course, going back and reading the fine print, before seeing it in, it says completely back up everything uh, before you send this in. And uh, since I figured I was just getting the screen fixed, there would be no problem in that because uh, uh, because obviously uh, I'm not the uh, I'm not the the best tech person. So I should have known that something like that could happen. Anyway, when I got to the hotel on Tuesday. Cracked it open. I'd had it plugged into the the Internet. I just had it plugged in by Ethernet the last day that I was in New York. So when I got to the hotel and and started up Tuesday about 5 o'clock, it refused to uh, find any wireless network. Nothing. Nothing. It refused to recognize anything. Uh, I immediately got on the phone with uh, HP to talk to them, and uh, uh, they wanted me to do all kinds of things that were ridiculous. 
And finally, the guy pulled that uh, same uh, dirty trick that they always do. He said, uh, oh, here, I, I think I know how we can fix this. Here's what I want you to do. And I can just imagine him then reaching over and pressing the off button on his telephone and cutting me off because he didn't know how to fix it. So he just hung up on me. And uh, so well, I'm stuck in the hotel and no way to figure this out. Now, previously I'd worked after the first uh, uh, after the first time this had happened. We fixed it. I got Mark, Al- or I thought we had fixed it. I got Mark Alonso uh, set up so he can run the show in case something else happens. Uh, however, I no longer had his telephone number so that I could call him and tell him to please take the show uh, because, of course, uh, it was in the computer. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to work this out so this doesn't happen again to you guys because uh, it's very important to me that uh, that you guys have a place to meet one night a week and uh, and get together, share your ideas, uh, and know that uh, that we're all in this together, and uh, so we will certainly get this figure this taken care of. Now, <clears throat> the title of the show tonight is "While America Sleeps," and the reason I did that is because. It seems it seems at times that the country, our nation, and of course it's been referred to as a, before as a sleeping giant, but in this case, what I'm talking about is that the uh, the notion that most Americans have that that the country is a uh, self-contained, uh, self-fixing entity and that uh, that it doesn't need anything from us that the country will run and survive on its own on autopilot and uh, as because it always has right it always has therefore it always will that the country is indestructible that that there is no need uh, to constantly stand guard over it, because someone is, right? Someone is standing guard over the country. Someone's watching to make sure that your freedoms and liberties don't disappear, right? I mean, it would be crazy to think that no one was watching out for the country. It would be crazy to think that uh, that the government could decide to do things that were not healthy for the country. That would just be crazy to think that, because that would be uh, contrary to everything that uh, that we believe in. That giving up rights that we have, taking away rights, or dissolving freedoms and liberties that we have, that would be unthinkable, and certainly no one would do that. So there's no need to be that worried about it, because no one would do that. <coughs> well... The fact is, is that that does happen. It does happen, and on a regular basis, uh, and a lot of times it happens while people are sleeping. 
while people are thinking that there's no way this could happen, certainly somebody's watching out for this. I, I can sleep calmly tonight. I can get in my bed. I can pull the covers up. I can rest my head easily. Uh, I will let not my heart be troubled because someone's watching out for me. Someone's watching over me. Someone's ensuring that the country will be preserved, that our freedoms, our liberties, our heritages will be preserved. They will be there in the morning when I wake up. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Unfortunately, our nation is always uh, under attack in one form or another. Our freedoms and liberties are always uh, under some form of attack. There's always someone who thinks that the freedoms and liberties that we have are too many, too much, uh, undeserved, or no longer needed, that they're archaic and uh, ancient, antique, and that they're not needed anymore in this new world that we live in. Freedom and liberty will never go out of style. Freedom and liberty will never be archaic. Freedom and liberty will always be the main points, the uh, the main gifts this country has to offer, as long as we safeguard them. And by safeguarding, do I mean to get in your rifle and getting out there on the line, uh, jumping up and down on the street corner and saying, you better do what I say or I'm going to do something with this rifle? No. No, because that's idiocy. If you think you're going to change something with a rifle, you, then you are an idiot. If you think you're going to force the government to do something with a rifle, uh, then then you're living on a different planet. <clears throat> i tell you what you will force them to change something with. That's with your vote. That's with your voice, with your mind, with your emails, your telephone calls. But you've got to be awake to do it. You've got to be awake. You've got to have your eyes open. You've got to have your ears open. You have to make sure that you understand what you have and what you stand to lose, uh, who's trying to take it away, who's helping to safeguard it, what the real issues are in this country. The real issues are not Britney Spears' baby. Uh, the real issues uh, are not Michael Jackson uh, and his tributes parties. Uh, the real issues are not uh, the myriad of icebergs that are shoved in your face every day to get you to not pay attention to what's really going on. Make sure you take the time to read. And you can start off real easy. I'll give you a one-page uh, a one-page document you can start off with. You can start off with it tonight, all right? If you've got the Internet, then, uh, and of course you have access to all the secrets of the world. <clears throat> go, to, uh, go to the Declaration of Independence. Read that document. See what it says. Have you ever read it? See what that document says. 
Don't listen to what other people tell you it says. Don't even listen to me. Don't listen to what I say. Don't accept what I say as the truth. Find out for yourself. Make sure that you know what it says. After that, take a walk over to the Constitution of these United States. Read what that says. Listen. It's going to be an eye-opening experience. Because it's not what you think. It's a very clear-cut document. Uh, a lot of times I'm amazed at all the attempts to unravel it and interpret it. Ooh, what does this mean? There's a secret hidden meaning in the Constitution. Uh, there's no secret hidden meanings. It's just it's, it's written out as almost as plain and simple as it can be. Uh, look for things like separation of church and state. Uh, look for things like uh, only uh, only the government and its armies uh, and law enforcement uh, being allowed to uh, keep and bear arms. You have to look long and hard because it's not in there. <clears throat> Read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. Find out what it means. After that, go to the Bill of Rights. Find out what your rights really are. And stay there a, a little while and memorize them. Memorize your rights. Memorize the rights that you have. That is the greatest gift the founders left you. That That is the freedom uh, and your liberties. It's written right down on the paper. That is the gift that they left for you. Read those rights. Memorize them. Know what it means. If somebody says your uh, First Amendment rights are being eroded, know what that means. If somebody says your Third Amendment rights are being eroded, know what that means. Your Fourth, your Fifth, your Sixth, your Seventh. Know what it means when they say your rights are being eroded. When somebody makes a, uh, submits a bill to limit uh, political speech, uh, however many days before an election, et cetera, et cetera, Look at the Bill of Rights and see if that's in there. And uh, then do some studying and find out if it was supposed to be in there. If they Maybe they meant to put it in there and they left it out. Because the freedom of speech was originally written so that you could have freedom of speech for political speech. It wasn't written so that you could put crosses and crucifix. However, it does cover that. It was written so that you could not get put in prison for saying something about the governor or about uh, the provost marshal, etc. Specifically written to protect political speech. So how is it that a bill gets passed through that limits political speech? I don't know. I don't know how it gets through, but we need to find out, right? That's what happens when America sleeps. When America sleeps, they wake up in the morning and they find out that things have changed, that their rights have eroded, that their rights have morphed and changed into something different. Their freedoms and liberties somehow don't fit quite as well. Their freedoms and liberties who had fit quite well when they went to bed, somebody, uh, somebody washed them in hot water and then put them in a hot dryer, and now they're uh, five or six sizes too short. They're too tight. It doesn't go all the way down to the, uh, the wrist anymore. Uh, you can't button it all the way up the front. They don't fit anymore. 
When America sleeps, that happens. When you don't pay attention to it, you'll find that the politicians, just like bad Las Vegas nightclub magicians, have come over to your table and popped the tablecloth out from under your plates and silverware without you noticing it. Yeah, there was a big rattle of plates and and your glass tipped over, uh, but you uh, you were doing some other things and you were paying attention uh, to some other things, some other icebergs coming at you from some other direction, and you just barely noticed the rattle, and then you looked down and the tablecloth was gone. <clears throat> That's the way it works nowadays, a bait and switch. Hey, Michael Jackson's dead. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, we also uh, pushed a couple of bills through while you weren't looking. Uh, no problem. You can thank us later. <clears throat> I'll tell you a good way to thank them is to call them up and thank them in person. Send them an email. Send them a handwritten note. You should be on first-name basis with the secretaries and staff members of your senators and congressmen. You're probably never going to talk to your senator or congressman, and then even if you did, it's not worth much. Uh, they've got a thousand other things on their mind, and uh, uh, your name, your personal uh, information is uh, certainly going to get lost in the shuffle of their junkets uh, to foreign countries, to their golf memberships, their uh, their complete and total health care packages, etc., so make sure that you're on a first-name talking, speaking basis with their uh, staff. Make sure that the staff understands that you are the, uh, the holder of the vote that allows the senator or congressman to keep their cushy job, to keep their feather bed, and that they serve at your leisure. And if they do not heed uh, your advice, if they do not listen to your needs and wants, then they may find themselves out of a cushy job. That's the power you have. And don't think that you're just one person and one person isn't going to do anything. I mentioned this to you this before, is that <clears throat> relatively few people actually get on the phone, call their senators and congressmen, and uh, let them know that they're watching them. For the most part, your senators and congressmen believe that they are the sugar plum fairies, that they've sprinkled the dust on you, and that you're quietly sleeping while they're tiptoeing about the Capitol, uh, doing what they will. And for the most part, they're right. For the most part, they are 100 uh, minus .001% right. <clears throat> Everyone is sleeping. Everyone is depending on these guys to do, uh, you know, to do the job for them. But how are they going to do the job? How are they going to do what you need them to do unless you tell them what you need? It is your obligation, your sacred obligation, to inform your senators and congressmen, state as well as national, that you have needs, you have wants, you have desires, you have a vision for the country just the same way that they do. 
and that you want to see your vision realized. And if they help you with that, if they help you with seeing your vision realized, then you're going to help them with seeing their vision realized, which is continuing to put uh, handfuls of feathers in their bed, in their comfy little nest in Washington. If they can't help you, then you're going to burn the nest down and tar and feather them. Be sure and carry through on your commitments, too, when you make them. If you make a commitment to help a senator or congressman, if they help you, then do so. Make sure that you vote. If they don't help you, make sure that you vote, that your vote reflects that. Don't take the easy path. Don't vote just to keep your party in. Vote to keep your ideas true. Vote to keep to, to keep your vision on its path to becoming a reality. And these days, uh, I find it hard to distinguish one party from the other. President Washington said that our current two-party system would be the death of this country. He said that 225 years ago. He may well have been right. It may end up being the death of this country. It seems that they can do nothing to benefit the country if it doesn't in some way hurt the other party. When you look at a list of the people up to be elected to represent the nation, you have to ask yourself, is this the best our country has to offer? Are these the best people that this nation can put forth to lead the country? Are you telling me honestly these are the best that we have? Because I'm telling you the answer is no. And one of the reasons is that people uh, are no longer willing to put themselves forward, put their names in the hat, because they know that putting their names in the hat is going to get them drugged through the most vile form of fire that you can imagine. The politicians in Washington are no longer interested in the person most qualified to do the job. They're simply interested in getting their party forward. They're not interested in you or I anymore, the people of the country, the government. We are the government. The people are the government, not those folks in Washington, not the alphabet agencies, uh, not those nameless, faceless uh, entities in Washington. The document clearly states, we, the people of these United States, we, the people of these United States. Seems that the politicians have decided that uh, the people are no longer uh, to be asked, the people are no longer to be listened to 
only listening to the whims and needs and desires of their own parties. And this is both parties. Right now, the far left seems to be in control. And I'll tell you, folks, it does worry me, but not for the reasons you may think. Yes, uh, it worries me, the erosion of our rights and liberties by the far left. But I'll tell you what worries me even more is that the pendulum, when it's released, never swings back to the center. If the pendulum gets pulled to the far left, when it's released, it swings to the far right. Listen, if you think these guys on the far left are bad, try some of the far right. You'll be begging for Obama back. And normally I don't use uh, folks' names uh, because uh, in the Appleseed program on the Rifleman Show, we're not worried about uh, the names of the politicians. We're not worried about who's currently uh, the president or the vice president, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're just worried about ensuring that our freedoms and liberties are safeguarded by whoever is currently in power, uh, whoever is currently in charge of our government. It's your duty as an American citizen, it's your duty to ensure that you're not sleeping, that you're on constant alert, that you're on constant vigil, that someone's always manning the walls to make sure that your liberties, your rights are safeguarded. I've told you how you can do that. Don't go through your life uh, as a somnobulist, as a sleepwalker. Don't depend on other folks to safeguard your liberties. That would be no different than handing someone your wallet and saying, here, figure out how to spend this money for me. Because they don't know how to spend your money better than you do. They don't know what you need, what your needs, your wants, your desires are better than you. All right. I want to take some calls now. If you'd like to call into the show, we'd love to have you call in. You can call in just to listen. Or you can call in to speak, make comments, ask questions, etc. We've got a lot of folks uh, now in the chat room, and uh, I encourage you, if you are uh, listening to the show, if you'd like to, to be involved in the chat, uh, just take a few minutes to register with Blog Talk Radio, and then uh, and you can enter into the chat room. And we've got a lot of great instructors here, a lot of great folks who uh, who are always a big help with the program. And there are any questions. Uh, you need uh, they will be glad to answer them if you don't want to come on the air and you still have a question uh, put it onto the chat and uh, I will read it I if I can get my uh, computer to obey me uh, I got it uh, I got it hooked up to the internet uh, a couple of hours ago and it's still uh, I am still not the master of it uh, it is still not responding to me. 
like I wish that it would. Uh, it's being very cranky, and uh, I didn't think I was going to make it on the air tonight again, but I am, and uh, I'd love to have you call in. The number is 347 308 8790 347 308 8790 Sam, welcome to the show. Evening, Scott. Am I on here? You are on. Oh, I'm so glad to have you on tonight. And I thought maybe you'd run into another mad cow. <laughs> no, you know what, though? My, I tell you, my heart just broke because... You know, for a year, everything was going great, and then, uh, and then, uh, what was it about? Uh, I guess about four weeks ago, five weeks ago. You know, I got stuck out in the middle of nowhere on the side of the hill. I couldn't make the show, and then here it was again. Uh, and both times, my my supposed fail-safe uh, devices didn't work, and my my heart was just breaking. But. Uh, I'm back here now, and it's good to hear you guys' voices. And uh, and give me the rundown. What's happening in New Mexico? Well, New Mexico uh, is getting organized a bit. Our people are starting to get together and look at divvying up some jobs, uh, get squared away where we got one or two people that are sitting on top of each type of project so we're not duplicating effort. And... Uh, trying to find ways to budget our time and make our our couple of dollars go a little farther yeah. with what we're doing out here. Uh, we tried some uh, new stuff in the way advertising seems to be picking up a little bit. And uh, I, I got some free advertising off the state government. I found a way to tap into those tourist bureau dollars that they tax us for and use it to promote Appleseed. No kidding. Uh, give, us yeah. a, uh, give us a quick explanation on how you managed to do that. Well, I, I was looking for some information on the state website, and they had uh, a bunch of links for different state agencies, and they talked about a, an event calendar. <coughs> and so I went on the event calendar and looked at a couple of things. Yeah, it would be nice. Wish we could get on there. And off to the side it says, post your event here. <laughs> you got to be joking. And I clicked on there, and it came up and said, put your name down, put your email down, write what you want to about your outfit. So I, I took the Alamogordo shoot flyer and clicked it on there and punched it in. Then I did the Raton shoot flyer and punched it in and uh, waited until the next day until somebody had, had a chance to look at it and put it on there. And State of New Mexico loves apple seed. <laughs> hey, listen, I keep telling people that uh, that is one of the best and freest ways uh, to get your events looked at. And you think that uh, a lot of people aren't going to look at those, but listen, there are community event calendars for every state, every city, uh, every radio station, every television station. Uh, everywhere you look, there is a calendar of events, and uh, most of them will let the Appleseed program on. Where Make sure that you <coughs> put in the first... Uh, in your first paragraph, that it's a nonprofit organization, uh, but usually they will let you on. And I'm telling you, that's a lot easier than handing out uh, four or five thousand flyers. The same way that calling into a radio show, to your local radio shows, uh, is a lot easier than handing out uh, the flyers. 
know, we've got radio shows in uh, in Houston that you can get on easy. I mean, it's guaranteed. You call, you're going to get on. And the listening, uh, the listenership to the shows is over one million. That's just for some of the smaller local shows. So uh, take the time, take the time to call into the radio shows and get the information out there. I'm telling you, it's so much easier than handing out the flyers. If you need some, uh, <clears throat> if you need some practice at it, listen. If you need some practice at it, just uh, call in on Tuesday nights here. We'll give you all the practice you need. On getting oh yeah! Out. <laughs> we will be glad to. I guarantee you, I'll answer the phone and get you on the air. And uh, you can see that it's no different than uh, calling up your buddy and saying, "Hey, buddy, got an Appleseed event, Raton, New Mexico, the NRE Whittington Center," and uh, and just give them the rundown on it. It's very easy. It's very easy. And we know that the return from the flyers is uh, less than one percent. So that means uh, to get a person at the uh, to come to an event for a flyer, you got to hand out a couple of hundred. Uh, whew, let me tell you, I, I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it, I still do it because I consider that to be part of planting the seeds, you know, planting the seeds of the apple seed, even though I may never know uh, the results of my efforts. Uh, I still plant the seeds because that's my job. And uh, But listen, anytime I can get... Uh, if I can get those flyers into their hands by getting on a radio station and, and getting it out to 5,000, 10,000, 100,000, or a million, that's going to be my first choice. Don't hesitate to call them up. Uh, you'll get results better than you expected. And if you get on one and, and you sound nice, the competition will listen to them, and the competition will call you up and say, how would you like to be on our show? Yeah, if you don't want to, uh, if you don't want to call on the air, uh, no problem. Call the radio station and uh, talk to one of the staff members there, and say, "Listen, uh, I've got some information I would like to get uh, out on the air. Would you do it?" And uh, and uh, and they might say yes, they might say no, but a lot of times they say yes. <laughs> when I was up in New York uh, this uh, last month, I talked to several radio stations and. Uh, uh, and I guess probably uh, out of the eight or ten I called, two of them said no problem, they would do it. One of the the ten said, hey, I'm a Second Amendment type guy. I'll be glad to do it. Matter of fact, you let me know when you're having an event, and we'll have a live on-air broadcast uh, of one of your guys. We'll have them come to the station or get on the phone, and we'll have a live broadcast the week beforehand. I mean, that was just, that was just offered. So uh, take... Take the chance. Call the folk. Call them up. The most they can say is, no, uh, I hate guns. Uh, I hate the idea of freedom and liberty. I hate you. I hope you die. And they hang up on you. And you just go, well, you get to go to the next number. I mean, that's just uh, that's just the, the way it goes. You won't receive any physical pain. I'm sure there'll be quite a bit of mental anguish there. All, there always is with me whenever I get that. I think I, I think that, oh, please, you, you can't really... You can't really think that safeguarding our rights and liberties is, uh, you know, is a horrid thing. Uh, but some people do. You know, some people uh, consider some of our rights uh, superfluous and uh, unneeded. And, uh, and once they figure out that we're defending their First Amendment rights, along with our Second, Third, and Fourth Amendment rights, they'll start thinking otherwise. Uh, well, I'm afraid that for the most people, some of the people anyway I talk to. Uh, they're never going to think about it until it's done. 
until they're in the Huskal, until they're in the Gulag, and they say, you know what? I remember that guy one time calling me and saying, hey, help uh, help us preserve the freedoms and liberties, and uh, wow, I'm really thinking now I should have said yeah because this Gulag thing sucks. It does. But, you know, we don't always get success when we try uh, when we try going on a radio or passing out a flyer or approaching somebody at the range. And like you said with the flyers, you may have to pass out a hundred of them to get one person to read it and do something about it. Well, if you manage to get on that radio, five or six hundred people are going to hear about it. So if one percent respond, you've got five or six, and it's a lot less effort than emailing. Oh, yeah. All you're doing is getting up there and talking with your friends and telling them about what you think is important. And we're getting more and more people paying attention to what we, the little people, think is important. Uh, Several months ago, two, three months ago, Everyone and their brother was hopping on their forums and crying in, in agony and wailing and gnashing their teeth because they felt that we were going to be oppressed by a, uh, a nasty government. Well, well know, it never hurts to ask. That's true. When you sit down and listen to the radio on your way home from work tonight, you didn't hear about people worried about being oppressed by a nasty government. I was hearing all kind of talk about congressmen that was feeling oppressed by voters. <laughs> yeah. Because when the people do things, when the people use their voice, those Congress critters listen. They may not like it. They may not like it, but they do listen. Well, they listen. And then they get back to their office and they start talking about the horrible mob. That mob, they're just a mob. (laughs) That mob signs the paycheck. (laughs) Yeah, I've been listening from all the fallout from the uh, town meetings and uh, uh, all the the talking points of how the folks that that disagree with the current administration, it's just an organized mob uh, of folks who... uh, who have swastikas and uh, etc. Now I read a very interesting, uh, a very interesting piece on a blog by a uh, by a liberal Democrat. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to think if I can remember the name of it. Anyway, what he was speaking about was, uh, you know, they were talking about the I don't know what it was called. It was they were talking about the teabaggers. You know, that was the derogatory term. Uh, given to the folks participating in uh, the current tea parties, and uh, oh yeah, and he was talking about. He said, "Hey, he goes. I don't know if any of you guys remember this." He said, "But you remember back in the '90s when we had uh, the big uh, demonstrations? We had uh, you know like people dressed up like rabbits for what reason? Nobody knows. We had these people doing this. We had a bunch of completely disorganized." Uh, idiotic uh, uh, demonstrations, he said, but what was happening was we were learning how, we were teaching ourselves how to organize and how to become a moving power in the government, and it brought us all the way to 2008. He goes, so the next time you're uh, looking around and you're uh, demonizing or you're putting down these uh, 
uh, Tea Party people, because you better remember that's how we started. That's how we got our folks together and got into power. And he's right. Uh, you know, for two for so long, uh, conservatives and uh, freedom lovers have have not been organized. As I said at the beginning of the show, it uh, uh, it is the conservatives just think that the nation is going to continue to run on its own, and uh, and that they'll be taken care of. And uh, and that's what they're counting on. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not going to advocate that folks go out there and 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 get them some signs and stand on street corners and and do stuff that they don't feel comfortable about. But uh, some of them Tea Party folks got going here and here in Alamogordo over the Fourth of July. And my wife went downtown. She she needed to buy something. I rode down there with her, and I saw him standing on the street corner. And she stopped at the light, and I hopped out and said, I'll call you when I need you to come pick me up. And I walked over, and I talked to these uh, Tea Party folks. And they sounded just like ordinary people like you and me. Uh, they had, every one of them had something that was important to them that, that they thought the world needed to know. And I got down there and I passed out a few apple seed flyers and told them how it worked and what a good thing it was. Next thing you know, uh, I kind of felt like I was back in 1974 again or 72. <laughs> and uh going to turn into one of them hippies or something, you know. But uh, they're just regular people out there looking to do the same things that they were doing, they're getting involved. Right. They're getting involved. And when people get involved, no matter the cause, the government listens. Now, when one or two of us might say something, they can afford to blow us off. When a couple of hundred people get in there uh, and start complaining, they start paying attention. We all say that the government doesn't listen to us. Believe me, folks, they're listening. And they're listening real hard right now. They are not comfortable. And that's a good thing in my book. They shouldn't be too comfortable with that job. They need to be thinking about what they need to keep it every day. The last time something like this happened was uh, about a year before the last presidential election when everyone got talking about immigration reform. Everybody remember that one? Oh, yeah. And anybody remember anybody saying anything about immigration reform at the last election? Uh-uh. Not a word. Completely unknown. Third rail. It was completely off limits. Both sides. Both sides said it was off limits. Hey, listen, Sam, I'm going to bring another person on with us. Oh, please uh, do. Area code 469, number 585. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Who's this? This is Stickler. I'm oh, sorry? Uh, uh, Spit Stickler? Spit Stickler. Well, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was down in Davila last weekend and had a great time. Uh, brought my daughter down there. She's 10 years old. Her first time uh, out for at least a, a day full of shooting. So it was uh, it was a great experience. and I, I really. So then I, I spoke to you Saturday night then. Which one were you? Yes. Uh, was your daughter the, the dark-haired girl or the light-haired girl? She she was the dark haired girl. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad you came out. I'm glad you had a good time. That wasn't your first one, though. That was your second one. Uh, correct, yes. I was down in April, and, uh, you know, I thought about it every day since, and I couldn't wait to get back. This is the first date that uh, worked out where I could get back down there. And you made Rifleman. I did. I did. I and congratulations to you on that. That's uh, yeah. that's not an easy thing. It takes a lot of work, and uh, and for somebody... Uh, a rifleman badge isn't uh, isn't the be all end all. I consider a rifleman's badge just a uh, uh, an admit pass. You know what I mean? The same thing is like a ranger tab or something like that, where the uh, where you say, "Listen, I, I did this, and now now I'm ready to do the rest to do the real work, to do the rest of the work." And uh, and I sure want to offer you congratulations on putting in the time and effort. Uh, in order to uh, to achieve rifleman standards and get your patch. Well, thank you, and I can uh, I can attest that uh, the things that uh, participants are taught at an apple seed works. Dry firing works, or as my wife likes to call it, pretending to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in there pretending to shoot. He's <laughs> pretending. This <laughs> I need to ask you a question. Sure. And I, I, I want a, a good, solid, honest answer from you. You sure. say you had your daughter up there at Davila? Yes, sir. And, and she was shooting, right? Yes, she was. Now, tell me, when you saw her standing there with that rifle, learning that stuff and hearing all that good history and all the good American stuff, didn't it make you feel better than just anything in the world? It absolutely did. It, it was the highlight of the weekend. Sure. Oh, listen, whenever it was, even though it was kind of dark, whenever she came up to him, she threw her arms around his waist, and she looked up at him and smiled, and he looked down at her and smiled, and asked her if she had a good time, she said she sure did. Uh, that, that is what makes it all worth it right there. Because You got uh, it. They did. They had a great time. Now, I, I, he was one of the guys that I told you that I asked about uh, – the temperature. I said, "Hey, you know how hot was it?" Because I know that it was in the it was a uh, 103 in the shade, uh, just a few miles from there. And he said, "Oh no, it wasn't that bad at all. It seemed great." <laughs> so you can tell when a, when a person is focusing and concentrating, and uh, they can't tell you that it's actually 100 degrees, and uh, they're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad your daughter enjoyed it because. Uh, for me, getting young people involved and passing on uh, all those good things about being an American is is kind of what Appleseed's about, and we're doing it for How the posterity. Uh, she looked to me like about uh, I don't know uh, nine, ten. Yeah, she's ten. Ten? Okay, that's what I thought. So she's uh, she's actually at uh, a, she's very young actually uh, nowadays. To be starting to shoot, but she's actually at that age where uh, I know I have two daughters, uh, ten and eleven, uh, and uh, they're actually that to me it seems like that is one of the the periods in their life where they they get really sharp and focused, you know, at that age, where when they ask you a question, uh, they're really expecting an answer, and uh, so I know that. Uh, uh, that was a great time in her life to begin learning about uh, rifle marksmanship and safety. <clears throat> so let me ask you this: I didn't, uh, I wasn't there on Sunday, 
I got uh, I got drugged back out to work, and uh, let me ask you: uh, Did you did you get a uh, a hat? Did you make a did you decide to work with the program, or are you considering that? No, I didn't. Uh, you know, several people talked to me about it just a little bit, and you know, with with uh, her in tow, and we ended up having to leave a little bit early because I I, uh, I rode down with some friends, and we had to get we had to get back, and um, so I really didn't have a chance to get to sit down at length and you know ask a few questions about it, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to call in because um, I I didn't know if you know exactly what all was required once you took the orange hat. And I've read up in the forums a little bit about it, and I can see the path that you take uh, to kind of you know, go through the steps if, if you want to climb the ladder. Um, but, you know, even simple things, like I didn't know, you know, are, is there a certain number of shoots you were required to go to a year? Or, well, let me you know, give you a quick rundown on it. Here's what we would like okay. to see. <clears throat> We'd like you to think about it, of course, before you decide to say, yeah, I want to do it. Now, to be perfectly honest, we'll take any uh, any amount of time that you can give. We'll take. But here's the thing is that uh, we ask you usually to do a minimum of four shoots uh, in a year. That's uh, four two-day shoots in a year. And that's one of the reasons is because uh, the Appleseed program, uh, while it is a really rock-solid program, uh, we're still growing. We're still working out the bumps and uh, and uh, figuring out uh, the best ways to do things. So we're constantly evolving. And because of that, if you go to a shoot and uh, you don't stay current uh, with the stuff, then you show up uh, four months later and you go to a shoot, some things might have changed. And I can tell you from doing, I don't know how many shoots I've done now, a lot, is that uh, – even even when I'm doing two shoots a month, I still have to really bone up uh, before a shoot for me to be on my game. Now, were I to go to a shoot and then not go to another one for four month for yeah you know, four months, uh, I would be uh, decrepit uh, as far as instructors are concerned. So we'd like you to consider doing uh, four shoots a month. And uh, I know that, that that seems like a lot, uh, but uh, we also balance that with the question of how much is uh, too much to do. I think, I think you got that just a tad wrong, Scout. Even you can't do four shoots a month. Oh, did I say a month? You said a month. That was just a Freudian slip. <laughs> that was just a Freudian slip. I let the cat out of the bag. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't horrify the poor guy. <laughs> you can tell I've been listening to Fred too much, right? We want you to do a yep. minimum of four shoots a month. Uh, we'd like you to do five shoots a month, but we're afraid that uh, the constraints of the time-space continuum won't allow that. <laughs> well, so four shoots, four shoots in a year would be it. And then, to, uh, and then we would just, of course, ask you to make sure that you maintain your shooting skills by shooting. Uh, constantly, because you can't teach if you can't shoot. So you have to be able to uh, show up at an apple seed and have one of us say, "All right, uh, Spitzickler, hop on the ground, uh, pick a target back up 32, and then we're going to run you through the AQT, and we need you to uh, do 210 or above." You know, we want you to be able to do it consistently, <clears throat> and to stay current well, by reading the uh, 
the boards, emails, and stuff like that that uh, that are sent out to the instructors, and then uh, and then staying on a course of uh, improvement as far as uh, you know when you get your red hat, you're just uh, you're a uh, an IIT one, and uh, the next shoot you go to, we'd like you to make sure that you uh, you go to the uh, IIT, the Inspectors and Training Board, and uh, and pull your uh, uh, progress check, and you know do the uh, open book part, and then be ready to take the oral or uh, written exam at each uh, at each event, so that you're continually progressing, you know, continually learning, and uh, and strengthening your game at each shoot. There's, uh, there is, uh, you know, there's quite a bit of work involved, and even just the minimum of four a year, uh, we won't hold you to the four months, but even through the minimum of four a year, uh, we'd like you to do more, but even that, you know, is hard on some folks, but we really need you to do that, and we need you to, to think about it beforehand, you know, to think about it before you take the hat and say, yeah, you know what, I can do this, and, uh, I'm going to commit to this, and then. Uh, well, and that and that was really the main reason I wanted to call and ask specifically because I, you know, uh, I'm the kind of guy that likes to, uh, you know, give it 100 percent, and I don't want to overpromise anything if I can't do it. So. Right, and we don't want to put you in that position. And uh, if you don't want to become an instructor, there's no sweat in that because everyone, no matter what if hat they're wearing or not wearing, no matter what they're doing, everyone is a part of the program. Everyone, even if you're not an instructor, you're still uh, you're still uh, in the position to push the program to other people, to mention it. And even if you're not wearing an orange hat or red hat or green hat or blue or a zebra hat, <clears throat> you're still an instructor, okay? You're still going to pass it on. That's the whole point of this program is passing it on. You're still going to show up at the range, and you're going to talk to somebody. You're going to see somebody uh, not using their sling, and you're going to mention to them that uh, – the sling is uh, can be used for more than just uh, holding a rifle. That uh, that there are six steps to firing the shot. That uh, firing the shot entails uh, a lot of things, but it's all grouped into three things, which is uh, building a stable shooting position, acquiring your natural point of aim, and shifting it onto the target, and then executing the shot by the six steps. And uh, you can do that without wearing any kind of a hat. You can do minis. You don't have to be an absolute instructor to to do a mini at a local range, which is uh, having uh, five or six of your buddies together and say, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to spread, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slather some of this information on you free of charge. All you got to do is uh, buy me some lunch, and I'm going to show you how you can shoot better than 99.99% of your fellow firearms owners, and here's how you do it, and then give them that information that you just got at the apple seed. You can be an instructor uh, without any hat, and you can be a hardworking member of the program without being any hat. So watch you out, that, though. You think about it. And you decide. <laughs> you decide what you want to do. I will. I will do that. Once I had one more question about it. Once you don the orange hat, if you ever want to go back to an apple seed just as a shooter, mm-hmm. is a possibility. It's yeah. Well, you can come back to the apple seed uh, as an orange hat, and uh, you let the uh, uh, you let the shoot boss know. Like if you come here, you just let uh, one of the shoot bosses. Know, you let the shoot boss know. Listen. Uh, I need some trigger time, and uh, and we'll work it in. Uh, you know, you can get uh, you can get down for the first four hours of the day, and then after lunch, then you can uh, then you can run part of the line. You can RSO, and then on Sunday you can do the same thing. Uh, so 
that's perfect. Because I, I mean, my daughter is that I had down there is my oldest. I've got two behind her, and she's you know she's ready to come back. And you know, if, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want her to be by herself on the line as young as she is. And um, right, well, she wouldn't be because uh, one of us would take her on as a special project because. Uh, that's just the way we work things here, the way that at least the way we work things here. I well, I've seen that work that way at every shoot I've been to too though. Now a lot of times we don't let once the like once a kid has been to an apple seed and they know the drill and stuff, a lot of times we don't even let the parents uh uh be their instructor because uh, we found that it seems to be a lot easier if there's someone else who's working with them. There's no natural defensiveness, there's no uh uh you know there's no uh decision by the 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 parents you know to uh, to be hard on them or anything not saying that you would i'm just saying that we find that if you get uh, an instructor who works with the kid treats the kid uh like a uh, like a young adult that uh, they seem to to work really well under that type of uh, instruction now that that makes total sense to me um it's just like because they don't have to the kid no longer has to try and please daddy they're actually doing something on their own, and that blows their mind because they're actually at some place, out in public, they're doing something on their own. And it really, a lot of times, really shoves them up into high gear because now they're not doing it to please Daddy. They don't have to, they're not listening to you. They're doing it on their own as a young adult, and, uh, and it really uh, helps them to turn a corner, you know, helps them to gain a great deal of, uh, self-respect and confidence because they're going to come back to you and say, hey, this is what I did, Dad. And they're not going to usually say it out loud, but it's going to be implied as, without your help, I did this on my own, Dad. And uh, and that really gives kids self-confidence. Yeah. It's a hurt to the dad because you're like, no, you can't do anything without me. I love you. <laughs> i got to tell you, it puts a sense of responsibility to them like nothing in the world ever will. Because right. we stay on them to be safe and follow the rules. And if they're being safe and following the rules and, and enjoying themselves, we're generally pretty happy with a youngster, whether they become fantastic shots at age nine or not. But when they realize that they are making a conscious effort to follow those rules and they are doing it, and they're doing it right, they're doing it safe, and they're having fun, it develops responsibility in them. They start paying attention to other things in their lives, too, and following other rules because they're seeing that there's benefits to them for it. I think it's very good for, for a youngster to do. And That's you exactly right. will climb a long way in your child's eye taking them out there and letting them do it and them knowing that you're watching and they're putting on a good show because they want to, nothing in the world will, will will make that child happier with you than you giving them that opportunity because they can go out there and they can shine and they can show the world that they can do it. And it's great. Yeah, listen, I'm going to bring a, another caller on with us, and I cannot get my uh, – I can't get – I can't open the switchboard window my computer once again is refusing to submit to my authority however i've already opened your mic caller so uh so shout out i think it's area code seven something seven two four that's it you're on the air welcome to the show 
Hey, Scout, Cow Dog again. Hey, Cow Dog. Good to speak with you again. I missed you at uh, you, I missed you on the way coming back from uh, uh, New York, but like I said, I uh, I got my all my information dumped, and then I had nothing, uh, no way to even figure out how to get a hold of you. So so I missed you. I hope everything went well. It did. It did. We had uh, 17 shooters, and uh, Sunday turned out uh, two riflemen. And real happy that one of them is the owner of the DAR. All right, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So the yeah. owner of the DAR is he on a path to becoming uh, an instructor? Uh, the Ohio State coordinator Dinky left me an orange hat. All right. <laughs> okay, great. Great because uh, you know that always helps to make sure that the the, the person who's running the DAR, if they become an instructor, and that way they can eventually take that DAR on as their you know, as their pet project, develop a crew of instructors around it, and then they can own that for their local uh, apple seed presence. That's not to say that the the person who who owns the DAR can't then take off and go to some other area and instruct because they can. But we would like to get all the all the folks at DARs get them to become part of the instructor program, uh, get them up to shoot boss qualifications, and then have their own crew running locally at the DAR. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that that's the path that they're on. How was the uh, How did the rest of it go? How was the story? How was the reception by the shooters? Did everybody enjoy it? The story uh, story went well. Uh, they let me help out a little bit with it. Uh, uh, 25 years ago or so, I used to work for the Park Service, so I used to tell uh, historical stories for a living and let me help out. We did a little demonstration shoot. I have a uh, replica of a 1780 long rifle. We did a little demonstration shoot and put a big 50 caliber hole in a red coat. Everybody <laughs> got to see the smoke and the flash. And, uh, uh, it's always it's, great to show them that because a lot of people think that, uh, that there probably is not that much difference from the Revolutionary War period uh, muskets their modern-day rifles, and I think that when people look at them and see uh, the actual mechanics of it, they're just they're amazed, especially when you go on to tell them that that little square on the red coat, that little teeny tiny postage stamp square that you really can't even see from the 25-meter line, that represents a 250-meter shot that could be made consistently by a guy with a flintlock rifle. Now, not the muskets, mm-hmm. of course, but with a flintlock rifle. He can make that shot consistently. With a, a, a rock smacking into a piece of metal, lighting off a pan of loose gunpowder, which then sets uh, a trail uh, uh, on fire into the chamber and finally ignites it. Uh, and then he can consistently put one of those uh, lead balls into a pie plate at uh, 250 meters. That's uh, pretty mind-blowing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I think I think it, you know, just the, the smell of the sulfur helps bring it back to life a little bit for people. And, you know, you talk to people about the smoke of battle, and, you know, it doesn't mean anything today. They see maybe, you know, think about a little bit of dust, but, you know, 75 or 80 grains of black powder going off at once is a considerable amount of smoke. Yeah, especially if you magnify that by a, a couple of hundred rifles, because then... The whole the total battlefield is obscured. The chance for a second shot, uh, at least uh, within the next uh, 30, 40 seconds, 
is gone. <clears throat> so it made a huge difference on the battlefield. Uh, let me ask Spitzickler real quick uh, about – did your daughter say anything about the about the history? Actually, we talked a lot about it. And um, even – well, as we were on our way out, Doug gave us uh, some of the posters uh, – Bloody butchery uh, that kind of outlined all the events and had the uh, you know the coffins up on top. Guess, yeah, the uh, coffin broadside. That was the uh, first uh, the first report that was put out immediately uh, and sent out about the April nineteenth events. And she she sat down after we got home and got cleaned up. She she uh, sat down with that in her lap. I mean, she came and she was looking through targets and. She said, I want to see that poster. I want to see that poster. And so she took that poster and she sat down with her patch in her lap and read through that whole thing and started, uh, you know, kind of putting me on the spot, <laughs> like you were talking about earlier, started asking me questions about it. So, um, you know, we uh, we even went out to YouTube and watched a, a couple of the reenactment videos that they have out there, you know, that showed, actually showed the soldiers, you know, and... Uh, and the colonists kind of facing off there on Lexington Green. And, and she talked about it throughout throughout the day during breaks, you know, and uh, it, it sunk in. Um, and I was really glad to see that because that was uh, as much of the reason I wanted to take her there as anything. Right. Right. Everyone, every time I, every time I go to an apple seed, I can guarantee the one thing that is – certain and that's the it's the thing that that makes us apple seed and that is sharing the history uh, of our nation with the people who attend and uh, and letting them know how important it is to you because I'm telling you if you if it's not important to you they're going to know and uh, letting the people know how it is, important it is to you so they can understand how important it is for them and and I have yet to go to an apple seed where the uh, people who attended said, you know what, the shooting was great. I learned more than I've ever learned, uh, you know, in these two days uh, about shooting, about the fundamentals of shooting. But the best part was the history. And uh, I get that at every event. And it's the same for me. I don't care how many times I've heard the story. I don't care how many people have told the story, how many, how many times I've told it, how many times I've heard it. I still love to hear it. I still uh, am on the verge of cracking, uh, you know, my voice cracking or, or tears coming uh, at certain parts of the story, no matter how, how many times I've told it, because it's real. It's a real story. It really happened. And every time I hear the story, I go through that again. I feel that same feeling. Whenever I, whenever I hear about Isaac Davis getting ready to leave his home, and turning to his wife, who was there with his sick children, and him knowing in his heart that he wasn't coming back, and his wife knowing, when she looked at him, she knew, she knew he wasn't coming back. And whenever I talk, whenever I hear him say the words, take care of the children for me, it just burns me in half because, because I know. I know that feeling, because I know that how I would feel if I looked at my wife 
and I told her to take care of my daughters for me because I knew that I wouldn't make it back. Uh, and we talk about folks in the program sacrificing, and I'm not going to belittle the sacrifices that people in the program make because uh, all sacrifices made are relative. Uh, but that has to take the cake on all of them, uh, is knowing that your sacred obligation to defend your nation, your freedoms, your liberties, is greater than is greater than your life, the continuation of your life, and and being with your family. Uh, that is just that that was an ultimate sacrifice that he made, and why? Because he wanted there to be a country for his children to live in, a country that had the freedoms and liberties that his children could experience, that his children's children could experience. It was that important to him. So, yes, all of the sacrifices that Appleton Structures made, uh, you know, some are greater than others. Some can do more. Some folks can do more shoots than other folks uh, just because they can't. Some folks make greater sacrifices than others. All sacrifices, uh, all contributions are relative, and they're all important. But the, but hearing about some of the folks who stood together on April 19, 1775, and the sacrifices they made, to me, is one of the most important things that we can do at an Apple Seed event. When you hear about the man on Lexington Green, the older man who said, uh, listen, uh, I'm not going to run. I'm going to stay here and shoot. He had his, uh, his hat down sitting at his feet, his balls and his flint in there, and the gunpowder. And he said, uh, you know, uh, I, might as well, I might as well stand here and shoot as, as get shot in the back. And he stood there and he shot until he couldn't shoot anymore. And... Uh, that was a decision that he made, and uh, that was his contribution to our freedoms and liberties. And that story, passing on the story, handing the story down, remembering it, and by remembering it, honoring it, helps us to pay our debt to those people. As long as we keep telling those young people... The price that was paid for their liberty, then that price is worthwhile. Don't let them forget. Don't ever let them forget. Well, they're sure not getting it in school, so they've got to get it somewhere else. <laughs> well, certainly. Now, the uh, uh, most American schools today have decided that uh, any history <clears throat> before the uh, the 80s is really not relevant and. Uh, and the most scary thing, I think, to uh, most uh, administrations would be to actually putting the uh, Constitution out there, putting the, uh, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, getting it out there and having folks read it and understand it. Oh, no, better not do that because uh, then the people will realize that they are the actual power in this country, that they are the government of this country. And uh, that is, I'm sure, most politicians' greatest fear, is having the people actually wake up and realize that they uh, that they do have the power. 
Letting youngsters read that subversive literature? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I I laugh about it, but anymore, it almost seems like it is subversive literature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, you know, they. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I've I've heard people say that. I, I, I don't remember who it was, but they were walking in Philadelphia, and they just picked random strangers and read parts of the Declaration of Independence, and people were kind of backing away saying, that's radical stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Listen, the uh, director of Homeland Security said that, too. Uh, you yeah. know, you oh, guys, yeah. You, you guys out there quoting the Constitution, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to label you guys as uh, homegrown terrorists because uh, we, can't, uh, we can't allow that, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. People who... Uh, People, people who feel that uh, the Second Amendment, uh, you know, a constitutional right, or the uh, the First Amendment, a constitutional right, people who are out there uh, pushing for that now, we can't have that. That's uh, I don't know. That seems awfully subversive, and uh, mm. that's what I'm talking about when I say uh, that when America sleeps is the dangers, uh, the dangerousness in that when America falls asleep and and forgets about this country, forgets what, about what the, the principles the country was founded on, forgets that, uh, that those, that uh, freedom of speech, the right to keep and bear arms, are actually rights uh, provided for in the Constitution. They forget. They're go- that, that, they, they were asleep when they were supposed to be learning that. And, uh, and our job is to ensure that they are awake, that we're awake. That we're awake. That we're sleeping with one eye open when it comes to constitutional issues. That uh, we're sleeping with both eyes open when it comes to maintaining and uh, safeguarding our rights and liberties. Uh, to ensuring that we keep open lines of communications with our representatives. To ensure that they know what our needs, our desires, and our wants are. As I said, that is a uh, that is our sacred obligation. Because if we don't let them know, then they don't know. If we don't let them know what they need to be doing then it's a great disservice to them because if we don't let them know, then maybe they just don't know. Maybe they just don't know they're supposed to safeguard the Constitution. Well, we need to remind them. We need to let them know that that's part of their jobs. And uh, and that's why we, we can't sleep with both eyes shut. America can't be asleep. We have to continue to awaken the sleeping Americans. We have to get the folks off their couch, get the remote out of their hands, jam a rifle in it, uh, Get them some shooting glasses, some uh, earplugs, get them on the range and say, hey, listen, this is a, a constitutional right that you have to do. Just like writing a letter, just like uh, standing in the street with a sign that says, uh, uh, I want to be free, etc. This is a constitutional right, and you need to exercise it. You need to safeguard it, because if enough folks, if enough folks grow up never having touched a firearm – never having experienced uh, any of the shooting sports, then to them it's an alien concept. To them, uh, they're saying, well, you know, I, I've never really shot. I talked to one guy on the way back. I don't, I don't remember where it was, but uh, and I gave him one of my cards and asked him. Oh, he was, going, he was on his way back to Arizona. I was going to try to get him in touch with the Arizona crew out there. But he told me point blank, because I've never owned a uh, – he called it a weapon. I've never owned a weapon in my life, and I never planned to. <clears throat> okay. But there's a lot of folks 
who maybe don't have that feeling. They just never experienced it. And the folks who have never uh, been uh, have never had any uh, uh, contact in, with any of the shooting sports, those are the people who are going to end up saying, you know what, I, you know, the keeping their arms, the right to shoot, and stuff like that. You know, I've never used that. I'm never going to use it, and and I don't see where it's a needed part of our Constitution. And uh, so those are the folks we have to reach. You know, that's what we're trying to do. If you ever get one of them on a range, oh, man, watch out. Yeah, now uh, I see that... uh, I see that uh, Alonso is talking to Aromatic and telling him to call in and give me the scoop on the last shoot, and uh, I'm uh, inviting him to do exactly that. So that if you have uh, uh, Aromatic, if you want to call in, you are certainly welcome to. The uh, number is 347-308-8790, and uh, you tell me that you're calling in, I'll put you right on. I see another person here saying that military-trained people have difficulty getting away from the weapon language. I don't think this guy was ever in the military. Uh, he just didn't seem like that to me. I mean, perhaps he was. Perhaps he had been. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, a lot of folks in the military call it weapons. But there's a lot of folks, too, that have never had any contact with firearms or don't have any, have never had any uh, uh, dealings with the shooting sports, shooting uh, uh, the different uh, – uh, shooting disciplines who say the same thing. They say, they call them all weapons. Everything's a weapon. <clears throat> and, uh, and when in actuality, a lot of things are just rifles, uh, just pistols, etc. So, Aromatic, if you want to call in, we'd love to have you. And, uh, okay. This might be him now. I see a uh, 713 number. 713-376, you're on the air. Hey, Scout. This is Nick Aromatic. Hey, Nick. I, uh, How you doing? Good, good. I saw I saw Alonzo's post here, so I figured I would uh, call in for the first time. Well, I'm glad you did. Listen, are you... Uh, are You must be living in... No. First, I was going to say you're living in Cyprus, but you got a 713 number. That's Houston, yeah. All right, so give me the scoop. How did it go? It was a it was a it was a fun weekend. It was a uh, like all best apple seed I've been to yet. Uh, I had fun meeting Spit Stickler and his a uh, his daughter. It was a uh, it was just a great weekend. The weather was pretty nice and uh, nice cool breeze. It, it, couldn't ask for anything more. A nice cool breeze. Well, good. I'm glad it seemed like that because. Uh... <laughs> Because I, I, I don't know, I, I really don't know what the temperature was here uh, during the day. But I, I do know that whenever I, uh, when I crossed into Texas uh, a little bit earlier uh, in the day, uh, we had actually pulled over under a tree at a roadside park. And I got out of the car, let everybody walk around and stretch, and got back in the car. And when I turned the key on, the uh, temperature in the shade there was, I think, either 105, 106. And, uh, and of course, I just told all the kids, I said, welcome back to Texas. So I figured that was probably uh, pretty toasty here on the range. Yeah, I made a note to bring a a thermometer 
to put down there on the range the next time I'm out there, but that may uh, may do more harm than good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the people think it's only 80, then they'll be fine. If you tell them it's a, uh, if you tell them it's 107 with a 134 degree heat index, then they might get they might get excited. True, true. But there's plenty of water, and uh, the uh, the outdoor shower was a uh, was not too hot, and so it was very refreshing to wash up in the evening and in the morning. So. It was a good weekend. Well, good. Now, I did hear that uh, one of the porta potties had blown over in the wind, and it was uh, kind of stinky, but uh, I think that they taped that one off. But uh, uh, they said everything else went uh, pretty good. What about the story? What did you think about the story? I thought they were very good. Uh, 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 Mark and uh, and Brett did a great job. They, they, they told all the stories between them, and uh, I took some notes and, I'm doing some some reading and note taking myself, so hopefully the next one I'll be uh, be ready to take a crack at at some of the history. That sounds good. And what about you? Where are you on your path? Uh, this is my uh, I guess my first real real or second apple seed as an IIP. So I okay. turned in my uh, my my first PC, and uh, we'll see. I don't know how you know if you pass or fail or how it scored, but I turned it in and just kind of, I guess I'll wait and see how it comes out. Yeah, well, you'll do your, uh, you do your open book part, turn that in, and then uh, I'm not sure how, if he gave you the, I'm trying to think of this, you were doing your IIT too, and I'm trying to think of what uh, that requires. I think that just requires a demonstration of uh, the slings and positions, right? Well, this is, I actually did the IIT one uh, for this one, but Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, so I mean, it's a little confusing on what needs to be done, and uh, so I guess we'll we'll see. I'll have to read some more up on it on the forum. Well, your uh, your shoot boss is going to be sending you a, an evaluation, uh, telling you what he thought of your performance. Uh, that's part of the uh, part of the drill. Is that the shoot boss sends you a an evaluation form, lets you know what he thinks you did well, uh, if there's anything he thinks you can improve on, and uh, it's good feedback and works well. And pretty soon you'll get that. He'll either email it to you or mail it to you, and and uh, you'll know exactly where you stood with it. Uh, but rest assured that if it was something uh, that, that was too far out, he'd let you know then. So you don't have to worry about that a bit. Uh, but we all do those evaluation forms and make sure that the IITs know what they're doing and and what we think of their performance. It's an important part of the process. Right, no, it was a, it was a good weekend. I learned a lot and uh, I got a chance to call the line, so it was a pretty fun weekend. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. When you got up to do a little bit of history, did it make you want to cry? I, I actually didn't get up and do some history, but uh, I do okay. get that uh, the goosebumps when I hear uh, when I hear Mark and Brett give it and Scout. It uh, they do such a good job. It kind of you know brings it's almost like you were there. You know, some of those people do so well, and. Uh, 
When I get up there to do it, I have a hard time keeping choking up sometimes. Uh, when I when I try to bring up what those people did and the price they paid for us, uh, it'll choke you up. And, and if you come out of it without uh, without feeling something, uh, you'd be an unusual person. And it doesn't matter how many times you hear that good history, hear what happened, what those people did for us, uh, you'll still feel pretty emotional about it the hundredth time you hear it. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to bring uh, uh, Alonso into the discussion with us so that uh, he can add to it. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. And I'll need to talk to you, Mark, uh, some more about a better way to uh, uh, to fail safe the show, <laughs> so that uh, like if if I end up somewhere uh, without any kind of service, whether it's on the side of a hill or in a hotel room, that uh, if you don't see uh, you know the show listed and ready to go on by a certain amount of time, that uh, that you dive in and start taking it over because. Uh, both times I had no way to call you and say, "Hey, can you take it?" So you have no way of knowing that it's uh, that there's a problem. So I need to figure out. We need to figure out a better way so that uh, so that if you know if you don't if, if you don't see the the special password by such and such time, that uh, you go ahead and and start the mechanics of getting the show booted up. Okay, Scout. Well, you know you helped me. Uh... Uh, with my shooting, so you should know that I have to be shown over and over and over again before I get something. <laughs> well, <So. laughs> well, we'll get it. We'll do it again, and then what we'll do too is uh, we'll drag Sam in on this too, and uh, and make him learn it too, so that uh, so that there'll be at least three of us that uh, can do the show. And that way, if something happens, and uh, and we don't, and and the password doesn't get given to everybody at the right time. Then even if if I'm down out and out, or if you are uh, if you're out on a SWAT call or something and you can't do the show, then uh, then Sam can go ahead and boot it up and get the show uh, on the road. Because uh, one of the things that'll kill something quicker than anything else is to have the show get dropped like it did. Uh, is uh, you know people people don't want to be sitting somewhere waiting for a show that never shows up. They just they won't come back. So we need to make sure that that doesn't happen again. You know, we've got a responsibility to make sure that the folks who who do turn into the show, especially the folks who are so helpful, the the, the folks over in the chat, the rest of the listeners and stuff, the people who are always here helping, make sure that we we don't let them down. And when I say we, I'm not trying to drag you guys into the responsibility for it. I'm just saying that uh, uh, that we need to have a better setup for the show. I need to develop a better setup for the show. So if something happens. That uh, that the show goes on like it's supposed to. So what we'll do is uh, we'll get you and uh, and Sam, and we'll sit down in the next day or so and uh, and get everybody uh, squared away on how to get the show done, and then uh, maybe maybe even talk about expanding the show too. Uh, for the folks that are listening, if anybody has any, uh, if anybody would like to have the show more than once a week, uh, let us know because that's. Uh, it's an option, certainly an option that we can do. Uh, we can uh, we could have the show. We could have the show seven nights a week if you wanted to, 
there were enough person that cared about people that cared about uh, uh, tuning into the show, and uh, we can have uh, uh, different folks taking the show on, different uh, folks hosting the show. So if they if folks want to uh, <clears throat> to run the show more than once a week, be sure and let us know. Uh, I would still like for us to get uh, into the archives, get all of the stories, uh, all of the histories uh, into the archives. So <clears throat> I okay. want to make sure that that moves forward. I'll uh, I'll call you during the week and we'll talk more about it. And I might be able to swing over next Tuesday as well if you'll be around, and uh, we'll work on the show there too. Hey, that sounds great. That sounds great. Not just because you're uh, for the help for the show, but uh, uh, I'm always ready to be in the company of riflemen. I can't tell you from I don't know for uh, a lot of people don't know my situation, but of course I'm a uh, uh, I'm a rancher. I live out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And uh, uh, I work seven days a week, and usually the only other time I see another human being is uh, if I go into town for parts, or uh, or if there is a an apple seed. So, uh, so being in the company of riflemen is one of my favorite things in the world. Well, I love going out to the villa. It's nice to get out of Houston. And, uh, hey, what do you think about Nick calling in? <laughs> uh, that's great. Now, uh, he mentioned the shower, that uh, he enjoyed the shower. And I don't know if you saw it, but I just put it in the chat there that uh, I'd listed that uh, that you had uh, used the shower on a very regular basis during last winter. And that because of that, you decided that you wanted to close, you wanted to close in the shower. You wanted yeah. to put a roof on it, get some better walls on it. <laughs> yeah, because there well, was, you know, there was Mark Alonzo in the uh, in the freezing uh, the winter there taking a shower over in the thing and uh, and coming out of there saying I, I think we need to put a roof and some better walls on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot about it as summertime came by, but yeah, the weather is beginning to cool off or it will be pretty soon, and uh, yeah, we we need to work on that and uh, kind of. Make it a little more cozy. I didn't stay there this weekend. You know, the fights are on, so I had to go into town and stay in a hotel. But uh, I tell you what, I knew Nick was going to call in. You know how I knew that, Scout? During the shoot, I like to, if I'm going to assign people a task, I like to give them a heads up on it and give them a few moments to prepare and just drop it on them, if I can avoid that. I was looking around at the guys, and I could see Nick was always really paying attention. Saw him take notes earlier. I asked him to take notes earlier. He did a real good job there. So I asked him if he wanted to do inches, minutes, and clicks. And just to see what he'd say. And he looked at me for a second, and I can tell he was thinking. And then he just said, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, that's what I'm talking about. Just jump into the fire. And he did went out there and did a great job. Just asked him to call into the show, and here he is. Oh, yeah. So, And uh, I guess... Uh, I was going to wait for Brett to call in and uh, give a rundown of the weekend, but I don't think he was able to make it tonight, and it looks like Nick pretty much did. So, Other than uh, what they said, we had a good crew out there. It was uh, a little toasty. We had two other ladies out there, uh, oh, Linda and Amber, I believe. Yeah. He stayed around and did a good job and had a great crew out there, and good fun shoot, a lot of good positive attitudes. 
Yeah, they uh, they uh, she had been to a, another apple seed. She came back again this time with another daughter, and uh, uh, she was already in bed. I think when I showed up there Saturday night, and uh, but her daughter said that uh, she was back and she was ready and raring to go. The daughter had certainly enjoyed it. Uh, Spitzdickler said that his daughter enjoyed it. There was another fellow there. Uh, oh, I can't think of his form name. He brought his daughter also, and uh, she seemed to be the same age as yours. Is that your the buddy you came with, Spitzdickler? Yes, yes. She's uh, approximately the same age as your daughter, right? Yeah, she's a little bit younger, um, and and that was that was absolutely her first time. She, yeah. Now, sometimes with kids uh, around that age and in the heat, uh, even with the inc- the, uh, the overhead cover and stuff, sometimes it's good to you know to run them in the morning and then give them a break or something uh, in the afternoon, especially during the heat, because uh, I, sometimes it seems like when it gets to be really really hot and uh, and they are at the end of their rope that they they no longer learn. They're no longer in that learning stage. They're just uh, in the grind of it. But a lot of kids react differently. But I'm always willing to uh, to to do whatever is needed uh, for the kids, and that includes uh, if their rifle is too heavy for them, uh, is keeping the kid in the prone, giving them a sandbag. Because what we're really trying to do is make this an enjoyable experience for the kids. Uh, I'm not so worried about a kid being going through all the positions uh, and and holding a heavy rifle all day and running it by the numbers and staying in time as I am, uh, but I am very interested in making sure that at the end of the day the kid says, wow, that was great, <clears throat> and they, making sure that uh, if the kid came for just one day, then at the end of the day the kid is jumping up and down asking their folks, can we stay for tomorrow, can we stay for tomorrow? That is what uh, our real goal should be, because the kids are going to be the folks that are going to continue on, that are going to take on uh, the responsibility uh, out from under us. And we need to make sure that uh, that these the apple seeds are not only uh, learning uh, situations for the kids, uh, but they're also enjoyable, so that when they leave. Uh, it leaves them with a good taste in their mouth for the event. Not a wow. I'm just I'm burnt to a crisp. So uh, I'm glad that, uh, like I told you uh, Saturday night, I said I'm at that I'm glad to see the kids there. I'm always glad to see the kids there, and I'm always willing to tailor uh, their experiences to their abilities. So anytime, if any of you folks want to bring kids, they are welcome there, and we will do. Everything within our power to ensure that they have a uh, a good time while keeping everyone on the line safe, and uh, and uh, and tailoring the event to their abilities. Well, the instructors they did a phenomenal job, um, Mark and Brett and Nick and Larry. Uh, Kevin was down on the other end of the line most of the time, but they all paid special attention to her. She got lots of encouragement, and, you know, that's just what she needed. And it was awesome. It was really awesome. She had a great time. Well, anyone got any... uh... Okay, hold on a second. We got another... uh... We got another person. 
that uh, we can bring on the air here. I'm saying, trying to remember if I recognize this number. I don't know if that uh, area code eight zero six three five eight. Uh, you're on the air. Area code eight zero six three five eight. Hello, Scott. Uh huh. Yeah, this is Paul up in Amarillo. Hey, Paul. Hey. You know, I thought that was your number. Uh, at first, I thought it said eight zero three, and I think or eight zero two. I think that uh, is was JB's, but then eight zero six. Welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you, brother. I miss you. How's everything going? Oh, we've been real busy up here. Just wanted to add a couple items. I just got back from Raton uh, this weekend, and the week before that, it was up in Fountain, Colorado. We've had two back to back to back apple seeds. A little tired. Now, how are are they still giving those foot massages at Raton? Uh, no, but we did have uh, blueberry pancakes and uh, eggs and Spam for breakfast. <laughs> Is it starting to cool off there in the, in oh. the New Mexico highlands? Oh, yeah, it's always dry up here. Uh, and it, was, it was warm. I'm glad we had a canopy over us, but it was very suitable. At Fountain, we didn't have a canopy over us, and thank goodness one of them brought an easy up. Otherwise, we would have had a real problem. But uh, a lot of good shooters at both events, and uh, they went real well. I uh, wanted to remind the uh, uh, Blog Talk listeners here that uh, Tyler Glock and Blue Feather have put out a promo video for the Raton shoot in September. It's on YouTube, and if you'll just, uh, in the search engine, if you'll put NRA Whittington Appleseed, it'll come up. And don't all charge off at once because it takes five minutes. Wow. It's a five-minute uh, video? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah five-minute video. That's Worth great. every second of it, too. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, that is it, great. Now, you have a shoot coming up uh, in a few weeks, too. Well, I'm going up to Gunnison in two weeks. Gunnison, Colorado will be a first-time shoot at that location. And uh, then two weeks after that, I'm hosting my own event here in Amarillo. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. You have a shoot, uh, let's see, on it's the Constitution at the end of next month. I'm sorry? You have a shoot in Amarillo at the uh, In September, in yeah, the September. Constitution Day, uh, September, right. whatever day it is. 1920th. And how is Amarillo coming? How oh, are the folks they're responding. Slow, very slow. Um, a prophet is without honor in his own country. Right, and, <laughs> I, and listen, I, I have a lot of ex, I have a lot of experience with uh, Amarillo, and uh, you know it really surprised me uh, when I first. Now this was, of course, this was I don't know, this was eight or nine years ago too, but. I spent quite a lot of time up there, and it kind of surprised me that it was like a uh, the the folks around there was kind of like a mini Austin, you know the uh, the liberalness, uh, especially down there on uh, the route and stuff. That uh, I, and I all the friends and stuff I had met down there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of interest in the arts and stuff. There's uh, Cadillac uh, Ranch. There's the other place on the Mesa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, That's it just seemed like a very uh, – it surprised me that it was that liberal up in the panhandle. But it, at the time, it was. I don't know what it's like now. It's uh, – well, I mean, they voted for Goldwater back in 64. <laughs> the only part of Texas that went for Goldwater. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty conservative. Uh, the people you're talking about, uh, you had like Ranch and Floating Mason and whatnot. That's just one individual up here. And uh, there are some arts and crafts folks, but uh, no, it's a very conservative part of this part of the country, and it's it's very firearms friendly up here. Well, the way I, the way I found out about that, of course, was that 
I was having an art exhibit there at uh, in downtown uh, Amarillo at the time, so I was kind of involved in that same kind of uh, okay. mindset. Well, it's um, it, it's hard to convince people that yeah, shooting at twenty five yards is difficult, and they ought to come out and do it. No, I can shoot, you know. It's uh, the old argument. Oh yeah. Well, listen, everyone, uh, we're at the bottom of the show. I want to thank everybody for calling in. Uh, you guys are the rocks of the program, and thank all the folks in the uh, uh, the chat room for helping out. All the folks who listen and. Uh, and uh, I promise to you that we're going to get this worked out so that we don't ever drop a show again. Uh, I apologize for that, and as I said, we're going to work it out so it doesn't ever happen again. Be sure and let us know. Uh, you can uh, post it in the uh, the show thread that uh, if we if you would like to hear, hear some additional nights uh, or anything like that. So thanks to everyone, uh, and we will see you again on Tuesday. Uh, thanks to everybody that called, all the folks in the chat room, and uh, God bless everyone. Right. Are you guys, is there anybody left on the switchboard? Yeah, I'm still up. Okay, because they just, the, the, uh, the window just shows the switchboard closed, but, uh, I just didn't know if they'd really done it or not. <coughs> I'm still up, but I can hear folks clicking off. Okay. But, uh, well, let's, uh, do you mind uh, coming on as a, uh, uh, you know, as a host, as an emergency host and stuff? I don't mind. Okay, good. Good, then you and Mark and I can, uh, we'll get that worked out and uh, get you, uh, uh, up to speed on uh, on on how to set up the show uh, and everything like that, so that uh, if the need arises, we can plug you in. And even if the need doesn't arise, uh, then we can still uh, just plug you in some evening, uh, so that uh, we start getting you know a rotation of folks for the program. Okay, we'll work out some way where we'll know if somebody's up and, and ready to go, and if they aren't, one of us can pop in and bring it up and. Make it happen. Okay, that'll be great. All right, well, I can't get back to the chat page because, once again, my computer is not responding to my commands. So I'll just say goodbye to everybody uh, from this uh, on air. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody again this next few days. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, everybody else uh, who's listening. And uh, we'll see you again. Adios. Thank you, Scout. We'll catch you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.